Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast, and our winter 2021 season wrap-up. My name is Vry, I'm a content editor and contributor at Anime Feminist. You can find my freelance work posted on my Twitter, at writervry, or you can find the podcast about trash media that I co-host on Twitter, at TrashPod. And with me today are Peter and Caitlin. Uh, hi, I'm Peter. I'm Associate Manager of Social Video at Crunchyroll, uh, Editor at Anime Feminist, and my Twitter is at Peter Phobian. Uh, hi, I'm Caitlin. I am uh, the Technical Editor for Anime Feminist. I'm a reviewer for Anime News Network. Um, I obligatory mention of my poor, neglected personal blog. I have a heroin problem. And uh, find me on Twitter at altsoon underscore no dare. Where I yell a lot. Mostly about back muscles. And about people thinking that it's not political in Gundam to say you shouldn't bomb your neighbors. Oh my god. The One Punch Man image is ever relevant. (laughs) This wrap up is going to be a little bit odd because we recorded the mid-season a little bit later than we normally do so a lot of shows were around episode seven or eight and because there are a lot of sequels and two cores going on this time around so we're gonna kind of blaze through the the lower part of our premiere digest as always we start from the bottom of the premiere digest and work our way up but caitlin you wanted to take a moment to talk about that really unfortunate surfing anime yes well i mean it's at the bottom so you know uh yeah so wave let's go surfing uh it had a mobile game come out a little over a month ago beginning of march uh after three days it turned out to be uh unplayably buggy just completely unusable so they took it down after three days and they said all right we're gonna do some maintenance on it and then a few days later they said we are still doing maintenance and then at the end of the month just uh at beginning of april they're like yeah we're just killing this because um they thought that they could make whatever generic boring crap and like with shirtless boys and like throw it at women and the woman be like, Oh yes. Ha, ha, ha. Um, so they put no effort in, uh, the anime flopped. Someone told me that the first Blu-ray sold under 200 copies. Damn. That's Samurai Flamenco numbers. That is, Oh man. I can't imagine the crunch roll numbers were any better. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, it was a complete failure. So if you're going to try to plan a massive multimedia project, um, don't assume that women are idiots that are going to spend a whole bunch of money just because there are some shirtless boys in it. Put some effort into those shirtless boys. That's goddamn right. You know what? You can say a lot of things about hypnosis, Mike. You can't say they did not try. No. No, just, they tried a lot. They did. They tried so trying. much. You know, if it's going to bomb, though, at least it mercifully bombed quickly rather than something like Anthem, where it took it like, what, a year and a half to finally reach the conclusion that everybody knew it was going to hit before it was released. I've never heard of this yeah. thing. Yeah, they bilked a lot of money out of a lot of people. Yeah, and they're refunding all the money people spent on it. 
Oh, wow. But, like, okay. they were finding, like, a manga, character goods. Like, they had a whole plan set for, like, this big multimedia blitz. And women, everyone just looked and went, nah. Well, let's talk about an, a successful anime about hot boys then, which is Skate the Infinity. Oh, so good. How did things wrap? So I actually did start watching Skate, but I only made it like four episodes in before the crash of new season happened. Uh, I did enjoy what I watched, but how did things wrap up with the whole Adam thing and the very good friendsness? There was a leaping hug that was reminiscent of Yuri on Ice, but it didn't have the implication of a kiss. Hmm. Um, Adam tells. His- Oh, his uh, manservant, Tadashi, that he will always be his dog, and Tadashi blushes and says yes. So, that's how that went. It was good. Listen, if you're looking for something more than subtext, you're not going to get it here. But at the same time, you know, the characters are really well written. The animation is really gorgeous and dynamic. Yes, Adam is a gay stereotype and that never really fully goes away, although he does become a friend at the end without assaulting anyone, which is good. Well, sexually assaulting. He he has he physically assaults a lot of people. I saw that screenshot. He physically assaults a lot of people. It's literally his style. <laughs> um I, I can unreservedly say that Skate is maybe the most beautiful show airing this season. Like, it's certainly it and Wonder Egg, neck and neck. Oh, it's it's gorgeous. And Utsumi is just, her fingerprints are all over it. Well, I mean, of course, because she's the director. But you can see a lot of sort of recurring themes and visual elements uh, over from Free. Stuff... Mm-hmm. Subtle stuff, like she's got a really strong talent for like dynamic camera angles and lighting, and she loves them upper bodies, <laughs> but also stuff like enjoying losing sight of why you're doing a sport and coming back to it. Uh, towards the end, there's bits that are very reminiscent of, if you remember in Free, the sight that no one has seen before. Uh, I don't remember if that's the exact phrasing, but you'll remember if you watched Free. So it's definitely a very interesting work to look at in comparison to Free, as well as standing really strongly on its own merits. Yeah. I I, I always feel like Utsumi isn't necessarily... I am not the target audience for Utsumi's work, but I'm always sort of happy to see her out there doing things because she has such such talent and like such a strong creative vision. So I'm really glad to see that skate has been so popular. Yeah. It's, I know I've said this many, many times before, but it's just really nice to see what she has done when she has a lot of creative freedom. And I think that is partially why she's revisiting so much stuff from free. This is just speculation, of course, but she's now at the studio bones where she has a lot of creative freedom Uh, where she doesn't have like a strong house style to deal with or producers breathing down her neck about how she's going to adapt this super classic manga. And it's just her. And you can see the parts of, of it that are her that are carrying other over from her previous work. And 
the things that she wants to revisit and do her own way. And I think that's really awesome to get to see. Yeah, same. Although, seriously, Utsumi, on your next project, I do need you to step up and knock it off with the subtext shit if you're going to keep playing around in that space. Just let the boys kiss, Utsumi. Please. Just let them kiss. All right, let's rock it on up to the next big title in our yellow flags, which is Hori Mia. Did it even out on the pacing issues you guys were mentioning last time at all? Not really. No. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> And this feels like really mean, but I, I kept feeling like at the end, I felt kind of like I was Dr. Manhattan on Mars, <laughs> just tired of being wrapped up in all of the subplots of the side characters lives. I wished some of that time might have been devoted to actually going into like Miyamura's family situation that they kept mm-hmm. uh, bringing up, but never getting into. Uh, that's what I was really waiting on. And the series never reached it. So well, there's not a whole lot of that in the manga either okay well they sure teased it a lot like what do you like what do you think they were teasing like that his family was crappy uh maybe i mean there's one scene where uh hori like literally says like when am i gonna meet your family (laughs) and he doesn't answer her or i think like they just cut to a different scene and it's sort of implied that they like left the thing hanging i don't know i don't i that seemed like a pretty that, like the scene was sort of directed toward telling us that they would bring it up later. I mean, as a manga reader, like I'm really, I can't escape seeing the anime through the lens of someone who has read the manga for better or for worse. I can see what's missing. I, but I also know what, what gaps have been filled in. Uh, there's not actually, there's not a whole lot in the manga about Miyamura's family. Uh, he has to work in the shop sometimes to help out. Uh, his parents don't really seem to care about him piercing, except that he bleeds everywhere and it's a pain in the butt to clean because you don't want to get blood stains out of pillow. And he looks just like his mom. But they don't really like go into, I don't know if I've ever seen Hori interacting with his family. All right. Well, if they don't get into it, either way, yeah, I, I was having trouble with those side plots near the end. But it ended sweetly. I actually thought the ending was, it kind of reminded me of Wonder Egg because he uh, has a conversation with himself if he hadn't made friends or something. And I was like, oh, same. It has that same sort of graduation motif. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Wonder Egg uses that graduation song and the last episode of Horimiya, which is not, the manga of that is not actually out in the US yet. So that was new material for me, which was really interesting. Okay, past it. My big issue with the ending, or not the ending, um, kind of ending, was a couple of things. A, the stuff that they cut out, like just the moments of Hori and Miyamura being like a nice couple together, made Hori look terrible. Like the parts that they covered were not, like they were in the manga, Part things of it were not a good look. But if you're taking away, like, all of the moments where they're, like, sitting under a kotatsu together, snuggling, and eating oranges together, and then Miyamura licks all the juice off her fingers, it it feels like she is forcing him to engage in, like, the kind like, sexual roleplay all the time that he's not comfortable with. 
the biphobia is a bad look. Obviously not, not okay with that. But in the manga, in the context of everything else, it seems like uh, she's a teenager being an idiot. So it, I didn't really like how how the anime cut around that. I wish they had slowed down the pace. Yeah, with rom-coms like this that are very slice of life, a, a lot of that time to breathe in nuance of the characters feels really important and it it doesn't always i'm thinking of paradise kiss is what i'm doing yeah i'm thinking of the ending of paradise kiss the anime like i've complained that the manga has been kind of spinning its wheels for a few volumes like ever since the the proposal scene which i don't like because y'all don't marry your high school sweethearts well maybe marry your high school sweethearts but think very carefully about it don't assume that the first person you have sex with is the one you're going to be with for the rest of your life and, uh, but I went back and reread them. And honestly, like, I kind of enjoyed the slice of life parts that were in those, in those volumes where not a lot was progressing, but they were spending time together and you could see their, their whole, the whole picture as opposed to just the dramatic parts. So would you call the anime worth watching at all? Like if a person can't you know, afford to buy the manga or what have you, or is it a total wash at the end? Peter, I'd like to hear what you have to say. Uh, as a non-manga reader? Yeah. I don't, I, at the end, I really felt uh, like I was just kind of finishing it because I was so far into it already. I probably would have felt better about it if I'd stopped at maybe the six episode point personally. I don't, I mean, it's certainly a, a very well-produced anime. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, I don't know. I just felt like all the dodging around to different subplots and the way that the subplots were kind of illustrated out was kind of um, frustrating to me. Um, so I, I I, don't think... I also... I just don't think it was for me personally. I think maybe yeah. I'm a bad person that has this. Yeah, that's, I was thinking that maybe. Oh, Peter's not really a huge rom-com person. I like I like rom-coms. It's just, it's like, I don't know. I think I, I, I very distinctly did want more of the primary relationship. So I think if it had less uh, side character concept, I would have like maybe felt good all the way through, right? I would say that if, if, I would not give it an unqualified recommendation. I would say that if you are particularly sensitive to certain things, then maybe avoid it. But if you can look at teens being messy and realize and think like they'll probably grow out of this. Like people were being really harshly critical of Hori about like the whole like PDA thing like wanting him to yell at her in public. And I'm like, you guys, teenage couples are disgusting. Do you not remember high school? Because I do. It was gross. Um, so if you're kind of willing to, if you, you are willing to sort of forgive that kind of messiness, then I would say, yeah, go for it. Um, but if you are more sensitized to it, um, if you really like, if you really need that whole picture, probably not. What I'm hearing is watch Toradora instead. Mm, yeah, 
I could say that. And then maybe read the, the, the Horimiya manga. <laughs> yes, read the Horimiya manga. Absolutely. Love this. Love it. <laughs> also, the opening and ending are bangers. They're quite lovely. Uh, Peter, you wanted to touch on the ending of bottom tier character Tomozaki because last time we met, talked about it, it was kind of trending in a positive direction as like a character drama. Uh, yeah. I, and again, I, I just, I think I felt continually guilty all season that, uh, that I'm kind of down on it while Chiaki and Mercedes are really up on it. Uh, the ending kind of left off in a, oh, strange place for me where, um, Tomozaki kind of pushes back on this whole like program they have of him leveling up. And I, I think for a good reason, like he is supposed to date a girl to kind of get experience in dating, but he's very uncomfortable with the fact like the idea of dating somebody if he's not actually interested in them. Uh, so it kind of comes into this disagreement with him and Aoi over like the, the content of their relationship and the climax is them kind of, I guess, agreeing to sort of restructure their relationship so that, or like the way that they're doing this training thing so that he can set boundaries. Of course, he's not comfortable with most of the things he's doing because he's uh, kind of a shut in and uh, the whole point is to get him out of his comfort zone, but there's stuff that he just doesn't, think is a, a good thing to do that he objects to personally uh so he says like that stuff's off limits uh my problem with it was kind of the implication and uh, he almost i think he basically says this was that the way Aoi was doing the same thing is that she was sort of playing life as a game rather than trying to be the best player she could be uh which i think kind of made her look a little sociopathic like she's uh not thinking about what she wants so much as just being the most kind of perfect like representation of what she thinks a functional person is if that makes sense uh like she really didn't have objectives it was just like maxing out all her social and uh like all yeah all her social stats basically uh and i think he wants to kind of through their continued interactions show her that like there are ways to set goals in this and i feel like that was maybe a bad stopping point for the series because it kind of came across to me like he discovered some sort of inner truth um by doing the same thing she had been doing for years except he did it in like a couple weeks and i imagine maybe the light novels or i think it was light novels kind of developed out to maybe give a more fair portrayal of the like their difference in perspective um but yeah it came off to me a little bit like she just had found a system that worked, but she didn't know why. And it was actually potentially ruining her life. And in the end, he was like the smart guy who figured it out. Yeah. It sounds like an interesting, like halfway point for a two core series, but kind of a weird spot to leave off. Cause uh, there's not a second season coming as far as I know. I doubt it. I know that there were always kind of vibes of it being a, you know, sad dude story where the women in it are mostly, part of him coming to a realization about himself and it's a shame that the adaptation choices for the ending seem to have exacerbated that a little bit but i uh like you said i know that that chiaki and uh chiaki in particular really enjoyed it so sh there should be a little bit more from from her in the rex when those come out so if you're interested maybe give that a read if you if you folks think that uh that you'd be willing to bear with some of the growing pains of the genre or maybe check out the light novels. Mm. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad she wrecked it so that 
everybody can have an opportunity to kind of hear what she thinks about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, seems interesting. Maybe not for me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think you'd just personally like it. No. (laughs) I thought about giving it a try. It's not bad. I I think uh, it might've been, been slightly not for me. And it is kind of like in an unfortunate genre that's kind of overburdened with, uh, stories that are actually just about shitty guys justifying the way they are. Uh, yeah, it's a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 like a tough space to work in. I, I definitely think it was like an honest attempt. Uh, it's just like the kind of the leaving off point and the character of Mimi Me in her entirety uh, both kind of really made it hard for me to watch it. Gotcha. It does still sound like it's basically if you were disappointed in Rent a Girlfriend, this is at least trying to do something sincere with that, even if it did it kind of unevenly. If it were a weaker season, because I did, I did watch a lot of stuff this season. I probably would have considered watching Tomozaki, but I couldn't keep up with all the shows I wanted to watch as is. Speaking of two cores, we have next up that folks are watching is so I'm a spider. So what, which will be continuing into spring, so we'll have room to circle back around to it during the spring uh, wrap-up. But, Peter, is there anything to add from where it was last time we talked about it? Still great for all the same reasons, but now... Have you ever seen that chart of, like, the chronology of Memento? Huh. No. Uh, oh, because half of Memento, like, plays backwards at I mean, interspersed points. I've seen Memento. Okay, yeah, there's there's like a chart that shows like the, the chronology of the movie because like half of it is moving backward and the other half is moving forward and then they intersect in the middle. Uh, it's a cool chart. I like the chart. <laughs> uh, anyway, the reason I mentioned the chart was because it turns out there's like a lot of uh, kind of displaced time going on in the story and it's like kind of moving into this bigger meta plot. Uh, so it, it turns out uh, I would really like a chart for the exact points in time certain events took place that we assumed were happening simultaneously. Uh, Someone on Reddit has doubtlessly done that. Yeah, yeah, maybe I should go to the subreddit. Also, the new OP and ED just dropped, and they're really great. Uh, Yuki did another ED, a completely different musical genre, nailed it. Okay, but the one it was had, like, every musical genre in it. Yeah, this one's kind of like, I don't know, the guitars definitely just sound like they got the guys from Dragon Force to do the song. It's, it's good. I'll link you in the, I'll link you later. We'll put it in the show notes or something. It's good. Mm, power chords. Yeah, yeah. So if you liked what Spider was doing before, it's still doing that, but more and uh, at a higher volume. But now with very interesting meta plot and implications for all the things that Kumoko has been doing. Nice. Yeah. I keep meaning to pick that one up. I just, God, there's so much anime. Yeah. So much anime. Uh, I, in fact, just admitted to myself that I had, dropped skate leading stars and was never going to come back to it caitlin it says you're behind did you also drop it or are you gonna catch up i don't know man um it depends on how much how how much i can get done with reviews in the next few weeks before i go back to work full time uh i haven't watched it since we last talked about it all right we'll move on from it then here's the problem Here's the problem. I just watched Backflip, which with its oh yeah, <laughs> with, its, with its uninterrupted four minute rhythmic gymnastics scene, really made me think a lot about how skate leading stars 
barely shows any skating. You're lucky if you get like a minute of skating in a given episode. Well, it also there was uh, that that quote that went around on Twitter where the I think it was I think it was the director uh, who basically uh, admitted that they were told to pitch a skating show, which is just embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, is that the one where he's like, somebody told me to do it, and that's the origin story. <laughs> yeah. like that. yeah, he's like, hey, you it. should do a skating I anime. Mean, to be fair, that's prob- that's how it is for a lot of anime. Mm. Like, it, yeah, that's true. It's it's just, once again, coming back around to the fact that this is the first figure skating anime after Yuri on Ice, and it wasn't good. Yeah, tough it, act it, to follow. In fairness, it is very rare for a case like Yuri on Ice or Skate the Infinity, where a director is like, I have this idea that I want to make, and now I'm shopping it around to studios. Most of most anime, even original ones, are designed by committee. Uh, I'm not saying they're not good or interesting, but like you will have like a production committee approaching directors being like, we have this concept and we want you to direct it. I'm pretty sure that's the the majority of anime uh, that's made, including original series. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, that or Stars Align. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. want the rest of Stars Align. <laughs> okay. We but, suffer in this together, Bri. Yeah. So we'll move on from poor skate leading stars, which may which might be perfectly nice. If you watched all of it, please do tell us in the comments. Uh, back arrow is still back arrow. There's not really a lot to add from where we left it in the mid season. So check back oh, there. It so will be good. Con- Love uh-huh. it. Fun time. Fun honestly. fun time. It's also going to be two core, so we will loop back around to it uh, at the end of spring, which I brings just- us. I just have, like, one thing I want to say about it. Yeah? Uh, they, the, uh, what's his name? Seki Tomokazu's character. He, they doctor call man. him, yeah, well, he's supposedly a doctor, but he looked at a big hang glider and said, oh no, a bird is attacking. <laughs> and then shot it down. And as a result, the princess has a split personality. Like, what? What? Yep. He did What? Like, he's supposedly, like, they consider him like a doctor, but apparently he's not very intelligent. No one in this show is very intelligent except for Shubi. It's, it's a, it's a very anime, it is a very anime show. Bless. I, I, I love it, though. It's fun. It's so I'm fun. having a very good time with it. Uh, in less good times, if your Slack comments are anything to go by, we have Kimono Jihen. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Boo. Oh, boy. So, See, every time we learn about somebody's backstory, it's just like, man, I wish I'd never learned that. Yeah. It's yeah. not good, you say? No. Yeah. I, I do want to say it is, in many ways, a very compelling series. It's beautiful. Also has an opening that slaps. Lots of good openings this season. The writing is interesting and compelling. And, you know, I'm always... Yokai stuff is always a good time. Except not here because uh, it hates women. 
whole book because yeah. I hate women. Yeah, nothing really ever good happens when a female character is involved, does no, it? No. No. Um, I think every adult female character, except for Shiki's mom, is a villain. They're mostly jealous catty bitches who are backstabbers. Shiki's little sister, Aya, not not good times there. The hot the, the hot pants and tube top are very upsetting to see. Do not do that. Eight-year-old. And, like, I mean, and just that, like, that one screenshot when she first comes out wearing it, she's got her hair, like, tied back, and she's, like, popping her hip with her hand, like, with her hands on her hips. I'm like, oh, no, baby, no. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, like, she, she straight up looks like she's dressed for sex work. Mm-hmm. It's very unfortunate. Um, the whole, like, she's whole mom's whole backstory like i sorry i'm like jumping around topic like i with aya i get that like uh she was dressed like this little doll for her life up until now and like made to wear like frilly dresses and treated like a convenient tool but she, you she went too far in the other direction and if there was not that weird subplot like if she were not dressed like that and it didn't have that weird, awkward subplot with her hitting on uh, Kabane, it would be, she would be pretty cool. Like, she is a very gifted young child. She's out there solving problems. Uh, but, oh, man. Oh, the bad things are bad. And then you get Akira's whole backstory. That's no good. That's gross. Two backstories in a row that involve that involve rape. Yep. Is Akira the small femboy? Am I remembering that yes. right? Yes. Oh no. Uh here, I'll 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 break it down. Trigger warning everyone. Uh fast forward a few minutes if you do not want to hear about this, because it's really rough. Um Peter just so, mar- uh, put the put the timestamps for this in the uh show notes. Yes. Thank you. Um so uh Akira has a twin brother, Yui. Uh, they are both from a village of Yukiona. And the thing with Yukiona is they have male children called Yuki Onoko every hundred years. And the Yuki Onoko are treated like uh, they're spoiled. Like the whole village life revolves around them because when they hit puberty, based like they literally, they refer to Akira having a wet dream. Uh, and that was like an oh no moment. They are uh, treated as breeding studs for the whole village to try to create the next uh, Yuki Onoko. So you have this whole society of women where everything revolves around creating a male child and then fucking that male child. So that's bad enough. That's upsetting. Yeah, real, real dark there. But then also on top of that, once again, the society of women and it's tradition for them to cover their faces so that they don't have um, a hierarchy based on beauty. They don't be competing. Yeah. So they won't be competing, which doesn't really make sense if it's a society of women. A society of women where I assume that this manga has not conceived of of lesbianism. Certainly didn't come up in the anime. Um, Because judging women's ability based on their uh, 
appearance is a patriarchal construct. But in this society of women where they all cover their faces, um, they're, they're still competing. There is a scene where like one of them corners Yui and is like, did you see this one's face under her mask? And then she lifts up her mask. She's like, is she more beautiful than me? Damn, the show hates women so much. It really does. Like I was saying before, before I went back to Aya, Shiki's mom, her entire backstory is that she got systematically raped by like yokai every single day to try to create something that can create this kind of golden web. Like there were manacles. Uh, there was blood everywhere. There were surgical instruments. It's a bad time for women there. The last couple episodes, I was like, okay, I have been growing increasingly uncomfortable, but still overall liking the show. Uh, because, well, like I said, it has like an interesting story. But now it just, it's, it has reached a level of misogyny I cannot deal with anymore. It's that's, too much. That's rough. Very that's rough. So, so that's a no on recommending this one. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't, don't even, don't even start. Don't even start. All right. Uh, Still a banger opening. Uh, <laughs> watch yeah. the and then quit it. Yeah. Just, just watch that on YouTube and don't watch the show. Yeah, Kimono Jihan is. Oh no, it's Funimation. I was going to say Peter probably put the uh, put the opening on YouTube, but no. I'm sorry. No, this was a scene where everything was Funimation almost. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It. Better news, Heaven's Design team is still soothing and wonderful, and oh. everyone should watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I have nothing to say about it. It's just, it's good. Nothing, yeah, I, wish nothing, I, I wish I could say something, but it's just good. Nothing really to add uh, there. Um, yeah. It's just nice. Yeah. yeah. That's the nature of a, of a nice edutainment show. We, we mm -hmm. talked about how it was nice last time, and it's still nice. Yeah, well, it's still nice. If they dubbed it, you could show it in science class as a substitute teacher. You could also probably show Cells at Work Code Black in, in a science class, but you shouldn't, maybe. Probably not. This show was basically done when we did the mid-season because of the weird scheduling where it ended early. Uh, there were only three episodes left, but uh, it was mostly good, except for the ending, the, the little bullshit epilogue. Yeah, cop out. It's so clearly because, as near as I can tell, the anime basically adapts the first two volumes of the manga plus a couple of things it pulled over from volume three. And you can just tell that the story basically naturally wrapped up in those two volumes. And then they were like, shit, we need to sell more copies because it it's ultimately 10 volumes long. God, I don't know how. Is it longer than the original? Jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, because the original isn't technically over. It's just on some kind of weird perma hiatus, I think. Yeah. It's still got the same kind of weird tonal issues that we talked about last time be based because of the source material, but I don't know. It, it just, it gives me the feels this show. Cause it's about <laughs> how overwork kills you. Yes. <laughs> All right. And fit and it was animated by Leiden films, which did four simultaneous series this season. Oh, wow. <laughs> they really wanted it. Maybe they were, uh, what do you call it? Field testing, the the principle, making sure the anime was accurate. I think they might have hit their breaking point because they also animated Farewell to My Dear Kramer. I 
Cells, Code Black looked nice all the way through, basically, and I feel like it's because all the animators were feeling it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, uh, they really wanted this one to be the one that looked good because it was about them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, th- yeah, that's that's basically it. I'll have mm. a wreck for it. Do you have anything else to add about it, Peter? No, I just, just concur about the ending. Yeah, I think it either should have ended exactly how it ended or gone full end of Ava. And, uh, well, I, 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 not exactly how it ended. It should have ended how it at first ended and then not done the cop out because that's lazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, that's like the last five minutes of the last episode, so whatever. Yeah. Otherwise, good. It's not even that. It's like literally a 30 second stinger. It's. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. Oh, so it was post credits, too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so still. Oh, my God. I wish I just, like, not noticed and clicked off at the end credits. Uh, oh, well. That's a good suggestion for people at home. Yeah. Watch the end credits of the last episode, then immediately hit stop, close the window, and enjoy your memory of the anime. <laughs> Pro strats. Yes. That. All right. Last three of top of the premiere chart before we get into sequels. We all dropped Volley Boys. Wow. Well. Well, it, it seems like it ended. I actually, I actually popped back in long enough to. Uh, there's a quote. It seems like it ended. Yeah, I was like, it probably ended. <laughs> I would assume so. I, I popped in to check on the last episode. It seems to be uh, continuing about where it was when I left off. Where they, uh, you know, they care a lot about volleyball and cool. uh, and each other. Yeah, they're they're gonna go to the finals. Good for them. regionals. Excuse me. Wonder Egg. Oh. I still... Still gonna do that extra? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the thing with Wonder Egg, uh, if in case you haven't heard, is that because the pandemic completely wrecked the show's production schedule, there's actually going to be a special bonus finale episode in June. So the show's not technically over. And also... I fully intend to put together a season retrospective on this, like just for WEG because it needs it. But I don't know if, if y'all want to talk, just a cu- hit a couple of points while we're here. Oh boy. Uh, wow. I mean, like, what do you even, I right? think the frill episode was a mistake and should not exist. Yeah. It, it felt very weird. Like, all of a sudden, I did not know what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, what, like, the themes that had seemed fairly clear up until that point suddenly became very fuzzy and very hazy. And I wasn't sure what they were trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, after that episode, I had lost faith that the director had some kind of master plan. <laughs> and Yeah. Uh, yeah. The next episode with, like, I meeting her alternative self and, like, Sawaki being the wonder killer, like, it also, I feel like it can be a lot of that things. Much? We've been spoiling things up until now. That's a... I feel like I'm never, like... Yeah, well, because we didn't talk about Wonder Egg at all in the mid-season, so... Okay, well, alright, um... Uh, it's like the the last couple episodes really go into sci-fi stuff hard with like the parallel realities and uh, AI and I don't think it benefits the series. No, hate me a good multiverse. Just um, just let the 
allegorical visual symbolism be allegorical visual symbolism allegoriest yeah the magical girls don't need to be the solution to entropy they can just be magical girls but like mm-hmm. i feel like um the penultimate episode also really confused what had been a consistent sort of um symbolic language mm. up until that point and i don't know what it's trying to say yeah it's like it decided not to be about the suffering rebellion and rehabilitation of girls yeah and like the nature of like the wonder killers became confused shall we say Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it put a specific concrete cause on this show that's about, like, why do young women commit suicide? Well, there's yeah. a lot of social reasons. Actually, it turns out it's this one specific monster. Yep. Yeah. And, like, the the Eros versus Thanatos thing is apparently, like, a Freudian thing. Which we always know, that goes great. Freud, great with girls. Mm-hmm. Uh the last place I encountered the Eros versus Thanatos thing was in uh, the manga Slasher Maidens, which is by the creator of Akame Got Kill. And the whole deal was that, like, there are these scary mutated monsters uh, that are, like, Thanatos related. And, but the main character was a super duper horny teenage boy and he was the only one who could uh count like basically he was important to countering the monsters i won't get into the whole thing because he was a uh, a war uh, uh associate with eros because he was so horny and uh sex is the opposite of violence eros is the only thing that can defeat thanatos and i was like hold up <laughs> sex and violence in an ideal world would not be linked in a perfect world they would uh, be opposites but in the world that we inhabit they are deeply and this guy who his whole deal is that ever since he was a child he was flipping up skirts and peeping on girls has basically been enacting low-level sexual violence for his entire life. And at the end of the first volume, uh, his whole thing is that he realizes one of the monsters is female, and he's like, all right, I'm going to rape you. Uh, So the whole Thanatos versus Eros thing does not work for me. Yike. Yeah, I... Is is mess... I'm not sorry I watched it. Like, I feel... I think that the series' high points were... Yeah, yeah. I feel like the series' high points were worth my time. I find it sort of weirdly fascinating in to watch the tension that has kind of been documented throughout between the writer and the rest of the production team, between, like, the the director stepping in to talk about the sort of sexist comments in episode four... Or the fact that of, you know, the Momoe being trans stuff being so clearly coded through the visual language, almost apart from the script. It's interesting 
in a way that kind of reminds you, you know, we always say that anime is a collaborative process where a bunch of different people are involved, but it's rare to see a show like this where you can see those pieces jarring against each other so so clearly from the viewer end. Yeah. The fucking, this fucking guy, though. That's what I have to say about that. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see how the last episode goes. It might, it can't fix everything. No, it can't, can't fix everything. I, I cannot imagine an episode that that gives it a satisfying conclusion anymore. I'm, I'm no longer emotionally invested. I'm glad I watched it, but uh, I am not going to get my hopes up for sure. It's no it, Utna. If it wraps things up okay for the other girls, because the last episode sort of left them in a bad place, I'll be not happy, but mm -hmm. it, that'll be that. That's fine. That's as much as I'm hoping for. At least it. the girls are all right. Yeah, right. It's just like yes. I don't know. It's just really upsetting that like we don't see the violence done on the girls until we get to the trans boy. Who yeah, we see do see the corrective rape. God, why are we talking about rape so much this fucking episode? It's, down, it's a downer. Yeah. Sorry. Big old... Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll make sure that there's a there's a warning on the page for this one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that... Uh, I think if you haven't re watched it, you... It's hard for me to recommend people give it a shot because it's such a mess, and yet I am glad I watched it, you know? It's not Darling in the Franks that way. Don't not glad I watched Darling. In the no, no, no. We'll see y'all in the episode that needs an entire hour to unpack what the hell is Weg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See you in three months. Right. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm the only one who made it all the way to other the end of Other Side Picnic. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it was passable it was fine i know alex really liked it so they they've done a a, a write-up for it which i am glad of me i didn't hate it but it's definitely a subpar recommend uh, it's just a subpar advertisement for the light novels which i really like mm -hmm. yeah i thought of, i'm thinking about reading the novels they're they're a good time and like it's it's just rough on all sides because, you know, leading films again was this is this is one of the other ones they were doing besides sales at work. And so production wise, it looks kind of rough and the directing isn't very inspired and psychological cosmic horror is tough to conceptualize visually anyway. You know, all the stuff we talked about last time. So it ended up being just very kind of meh. It was an effective advertisement for the novels. And in the end, isn't that all any anime is supposed to be? And unlike with Case Files of Jeweler Richard, the novels are actually licensed and translated, so you can just go get them. Please license Jeweler Richard. Please, I'm dying. That was such a mediocre anime and the novels look real good. That leaves us... Hey, look at that. That leaves us like a whole ten minutes almost to talk about sequels and carryovers. All right. Well, I didn't you know, watch just... any of the sequels and carryovers that I was planning to. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Peter, you get to. We don't have time to talk about all of these, so pick the ones you're most interested in talking about. Um, I guess I uh, D would not forgive me if I passed up an opportunity to talk about how Umusume season two uh, completely kicked ass. Probably one of the better sports anime I've ever seen. Actually, 
It, I feel like the ending kind of copped out, but knowing that the story was loosely based around what actually happened to the horse Tokai Teo, <laughs> I can forgive the ending for being kind of like shining, uh, like optimistic ending where it had like gone on a very realistic tact before that. Well, I don't know. Starting out in realism and then going into like super despair and then reversing direction. That was strange. It is based on a true story, isn't it? The the super hopeful ending? Kinda. I think Tokai Teo, like, I, I couldn't have been a leg break, because I think that's the end for a horse, but uh, uh, something about Tokai Teo had to, like, retire for a year, and then for some reason they bought it back for a last race, and the horse won the race, uh, which is what happened. Oh, uh, kind of. Nice. So, yeah, so Tokai Teo. You don't get a lot of happy endings in horse racing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well... Yeah, except Duma Musume, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then it kind of uh, has like a, a lot of wrap up around some of the surrounding plots. I think I still think Reishauer's subplot was like perfect as it was because it it didn't really pull its punches. Like it was about how because of the people she happened to beat in her races, she got this persona as a heel who always like ruined the like whenever somebody was going to get a triple crown. Or, like, uh, she stopped them from, like, reigning undefeated in their first year or something like that. Uh, so, because of some unlucky victories, everybody just thought she was, they kind of framed her as the villain. And that's not what she wanted. And uh, there was no easy answer. She won, like, she wanted to give up racing. Her friends convinced her to get back to racing because that's what she loved. She won the race and everybody booed her. Um, I think it kind of ended with the fact that it was obvious all of her, the other girls still respected her. Uh, and they were supportive of her. So even though the audience didn't like her, she still was in a supportive environment, I guess. The life of a heel is mm-hmm. tough. Also, uh, I discovered Pocketube, which is Golden Ship's YouTube channel, and it slaps. It's great. So, uh, yeah, good all around. I hear. I wish I could play the the phone game. I hope it comes to the U.S. Uh, ReZero still doing ReZero? uh yes uh like it seems like it was like 20 episodes of lead up to the last four episodes which were completely crazy uh got a lot of catharsis uh the second half was almost entirely focused on amelia's backstory and character development which was very nice it had like uh some romantic development between Subaru and amelia which i actually didn't like i really did not like the way that it led up to the kiss scene but that's overall i think their relationship has been good all right um peter i have a question yeah you know my thoughts and feelings about the first season of Zero. It's one of the first podcasts we did together. Yeah. Should I watch season two? <laughs> I, 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 I feel like you just hate it because you didn't like anything about ReZero, right? I have complicated feelings about ReZero. All right. Maybe I'd say like watch up to, I think it's the fourth or fifth episode where Subaru has to compete this trial, which involves like exploring the ghosts of your past or something. If you still are absolutely negative on him then i don't think anything can save you <laughs> then you'll you should just uh you should just quit the series while you're ahead at that point oh right okay yeah, i'll yeah. take that under advisement yeah to finish the flashback episode and see how you feel about subaru after that i mean i know that they're really into mayonnaise and that's disgusting uh what where's parents into mayonnaise i know his mom yeah, is oh, afraid yeah. of small round food uh, so she hates peas. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I remember starting that. To, I'm starting to understand why Subaru is like that. Yeah, maybe they hid the peas in the mayonnaise so that she could eat oh, it or something. No. <laughs> something oh. like that. I don't, I don't oh, quite remember how no. scene went. His parents like, are great, don't though. Like, I feel like that's the, no. that's the reason why I would recommend watching that episode. He, oh. he has great parents. You broke me. I'm yeah, broken yeah. now. 
I don't think it was mayonnaise, but oh. it's possible. It was it was like half a year ago now. Oh. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows that that uh, Promise Neverland season two was a a massive disappointment. Mm-hmm. I want to say I actually didn't mind because I thought that uh, you could do a Goldie Pond movie and probably yeah, be probably be pretty lit, but. Uh, I thought the rest of the manga was pretty bad and undid all the cool things that the the first story arc had done. So mm. ending it in a single season is actually kind of a mercy in my mind. Disagree. Please tweet your hot takes about the Promised Neverland to at Peter Phobian. Come at me. And not at me. I feel like I've just been saying it's bad all season on Twitter, so you could find me pretty easy. At Peter Phobian, search with the Promised Neverland or TPN, and you'll get some all my hot takes. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen still Sakuga? Uh, oh, hell yeah. Uh, the, the final fight had uh, Nobara being a complete badass. It was... Uh, really good. I think the the anime did a really good job of showing me strengths that I didn't even know the manga had, and that is, I think, the most you could hope out of an anime. Nice. So good adaptation. Uh, yeah, skip that one. I'm I'm definitely like I, I'm planning on watching. Oh, you're gonna love the final episode. You want to take a minute to shout uh, shout out the fact that reincarnated as a slime is doing genocides now? Uh, I guess yeah, yeah. So. Rimuru kills 10,000 people, <laughs> uh, uh, half of whom had surrendered to him already. Uh, so he sucks all their souls out so that he can reincarnate his big titty secretary. Um, I feel like the series maybe wanted me to believe that the enemy army was bad, except that it had gone to the trouble of explaining how they had set up this thing to make it look like Tempest had attacked first. So the people were responding to Tempest creating a first aggression so the soldiers probably didn't know better, and all of them got murdered and turned into soul juice to uh, to pour into Xion's mouth and bring her back. Cool war crimes, bro. Yeah, yeah. Although I, I really hate uh, Slime Diaries is extremely cute, and I love it. <laughs> it's just a bunch of skits with all the side characters, which are really fun. Uh, but it happened right after that last season ended with war crimes, so I don't know how to feel about this. Kind of reminds me of Emia Family in that regard, where I hate everybody. But this the show itself in, a, in its self contained story is very cute and funny. Oh, and yeah, family's nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, I will take a brief moment to say that if you haven't watched it yet and you are in any way a fan of Iyashike type shows or hobby type shows, please, please give Laid Back Camp a watch. It, it is truly the epitome of the genre i say with zero hyperbole like it's just extremely good at being good edutainment about its hobby having extremely soothing vibes with this beautiful scenery and having girls who are you know cute and archetypal but also feel very grounded and real which a lot of which comes back to the stuff like the text messages they send each other, which are kind of playful and feel like very realistic dialogue. And season two did a lot of neat stuff about just the girls spending time on their own and how it is cool and good actually to do things and have adventures by yourself in addition to doing stuff with friends. Yeah, and that's, that's nice. How- yeah. Because I feel like a lot of anime is like, well, if you're going to do this thing, you should do it with your friends. <laughs> Because it's meaningless without your friends. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, no, man, it's it's good to be able to enjoy hobbies on your own. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, Laid Back Camp is really, really good, and I can't wait for the movie, and I'm so mad that there's not a Blu-ray or a dub. And as a last, uh, uh, just as a last thing, With a Dog and a Cat Every Day is Fun is a one-minute short series, and it wrapped up this season, and it, it was incredibly soothing to my heart. If you enjoy funny gags about cats and dogs, it's a good time, and it will take you less than half an hour to watch the entire series. Yeah, I've heard good things. I should uh, I should give it a half hour. <laughs> yep, a whole yeah. half hour. Every I think it time. deserves a half hour. Yeah, yeah, I should give it a look. Yeah, it, it also apparently they've licensed the manga, which is nice. Oh yeah, makes me happy. Love to see it. We did it! An hour. I'm proud of us. Oh yeah, nailed it. Yay! All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Anafam. If you liked the, what you've heard, you can find more from us by going to our website, www.animefeminist.com. If you really liked what you heard, consider tossing us a dollar on our Patreon. It really goes a long way to helping us play our editors and contributors and helping us keep our content more accessible. Speaking of which, we are still working through our backlog of podcasts. We have a weekly transcriber now, so this new episode will have a transcript for y'all by next week but our backlog still needs paid for so if you want to help with that you can go to ko-fi.com slash anime feminist and toss us a dollar there because our transcribers work hard and we want to pay them for their time you can also find us on social media we are on facebook at anime fem except not really that never gets updated and also through <laughs> facebook <laughs> and we are on tumblr at anime feminist and we are on twitter at anime feminist thank you so much anna fam and oh my god it's already spring so we'll see you there get your vaccines get your vaccines get your fauci out chief <laughs> <laughs>